Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. We're in the middle of a series looking through the letter to the Philippians in the New Testament. Um, and the title we've given this letter is Joy and the Gospel, because those are two themes that come together again and again in the letter. And uh, it's true, they belong together. Uh, the more gospel centred we are, the more we want to share the gospel with others, the more joy we will experience. So this is a great letter. It's a it's a very encouraging letter. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to looking at this passage uh, today. Uh, it'd be great if you could turn to it. It's Philippians 2 verses 12 to 18. And the title we've given uh, this passage today is Holding Out the Gospel. Philippians 2 uh, verses 12 to 18. But first we're going to sing. We're going to sing about our responsibilities as church. Uh, and we're going to sing also about Jesus and his death and his resurrection for us. So whether you sing out loud or whether you just follow, then please let's be worshipping in our hearts. Let's sing together, O Church, Arise. Hear the call of Christ our captain For now we can say that they are strong In the strength that God has given With shield of faith and belt of truth We'll stand against the devil's lies And love you Christ's love Reaching out to those in darkness A call to all To love the captive soul But to rage against the cattle And with the sword That makes the wounded whole We will fight with faith and valor when faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the price for which He died, an inheritance of nations. Come see the cross, love and mercy meet. As the Son of God is stricken And see His foes I crushed beneath His feet For the conqueror has risen And as the stone is rolled away And Christ emerges from the grave This victory march continues till the day Every eye shall see so spirit come strengthen every stride 
give grace to every hurdle. We may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful. As saints of old still line the way, returning triumphs of his race. For the day when with Christ we stand in glory. Let's read our passage together. I'm starting at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Philippians 2 verses 12 to 18. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that when we look at the cross, we see where your mercy is most visible. Thank you that Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again. Thank you that his spirit is living inside us as we trust in Jesus. Thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it's interesting as we look at this passage, have a look at the very first word, the beginning of verse 12. Paul writes, therefore. In other words, what's in this paragraph, verses 12 to 18, is a response to what Paul has been talking about before that. And what he's talking about before, and we looked at that last week in this amazing passage in verses 5 to 11, is Jesus, who he is and what he's done. Now, therefore, if we really believe that about Jesus, who he is and what he's done, therefore, this is how we should respond. That's what the passage is all about. Um, if you look at your Bible, it's probably uh, divided like um, like my passages in the NIV here. Uh, 12 and 13 are one paragraph and 14 to 18 are one paragraph. And I think that's very helpful. 12 and 13 really are telling us what Christians do, how we should respond to Jesus, who he is, what he's done. And then verses 14 to 18 are telling us what Christians are like because of that. So let's look at the passage. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit as we look at the Bible together. There's so much encouragement for us here. So let's look first of all at verses 12 and 13, what Christians do and what we do. <laughs> is we keep following Jesus. Uh, verse 12. 
Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, what does that mean? Paul saying to the Philippian Christians, work out your salvation. He is not telling them to work out how they can save themselves. He's not saying earn your salvation. We can't earn our salvation (laughs) because somebody else has already earned it for us. And that is Jesus. That's what verses five to eight in this chapter were all about. No, no. What what Paul is saying is here. God has worked something in you. He's worked salvation in you. We saw that in chapter one, verse uh, six. It's a wonderful verse. God has worked salvation in you. Now work it out. Now put it into practice. Now express that. You've become new people by turning from your sins and putting your trust in Jesus. Now live that out. Work out what God has worked in. In other words, keep following Jesus. And we're to do that. Do you notice the end of verse 12? With fear and trembling. In the Old Testament, it's quite a major theme, the fear of God. And it comes in the New Testament too. But the fear of God, fear and trembling here, that doesn't mean we should be afraid of God. We who are trusters in Jesus, we have absolutely no reason to be afraid of God because we're forgiven, we're accepted. We're adopted into his family. No, fearing God, serving God with fear and trembling is not about being afraid of God. It's about being afraid of hurting God. Um, Paul writes in the letter to the Ephesians, don't grieve the Holy Spirit who is in you. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. The Holy Spirit is living in us because we're trusters in Jesus. Well, if we sin, if we don't keep following Jesus passionately, we are grieving the Spirit. We are hurting God. And that's why we need to keep working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And if that all sounds like hard work... (laughs) It is. It means we've got to really apply ourselves and get on and do stuff. But please look at verse 13 and please be encouraged. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He's talking about the Holy Spirit again. It's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. In other words, it's God who gives us the strength to keep following Jesus. It's God who gives us the strength to work out what God has worked in. It's God who's doing it. And I love it that in verse 13, the word will is there. If I've um, sort of switched off spiritually in the last few weeks and months, if I've kind of lost my edge, lost my passion, my excitement about being a Christian, But if there's something in me, um, uh, if I want to get that passion back, if I want to start again following Jesus, then that desire, that want, that will, even that's there because the Holy Spirit, God, is working inside me. It's very exciting. So if you sense anything in your heart that you want to follow Jesus with passion, you want to work out what God has worked in It's because God is at work in you. Is that exciting or is that exciting? I agree. It's exciting. 
But what does that mean in practice? What does that actually mean in practice to keep following Jesus or to work out what God has worked in? Well, now we come to verses 14 to 18. And Paul here uses three expressions or three ideas that help us to see what we should be doing, what we can be doing as believers in Jesus. Um, Let me just say we're already all of us doing these three things, but we can do them more. We can start doing them with more passion. So let's look at them together. First of all, Christians are light shiners. Have a look at the end of uh, or the middle of verse 15. We're uh, four to, uh, 15. Yes, we're children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. We are light shiners. We shine. We have light. We shine. And we're in Um, He uses a quotation from Deuteronomy 32 there. You can see it's in inverted commas in verse 15. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. The important thing about that is we Christians, we're not separated from the world. We're in a crooked crooked and warped and crooked generation. We're there. We're in the world. Just like Jesus said, we're to be in the world, but not of it. We're not to follow the world's standards, but we are to be in the world. Uh, before he went to the cross, Jesus prayed. And he that's exactly what he prayed, that we should be in the world, but not of it. That's John chapter 17, verses 15 to 18. Well, this is what this is about here. It's about us being light shiners. There it is at the end of verse 15. Uh, You will shine among them, among them, we're in the world, like stars in the sky. Stars in the sky is a slightly um, uh, creative translation. Actually, what Paul write was light bearers. We are to be light bearers. And of course, we are light bearers or light shiners because we know Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's John chapter 8, verse 12. And we have the spirit of Jesus living inside us because we've turned from our sins and put our trust in him. So the spirit lives in us. So we are light shiners. The light shines out of us. And what Paul is saying here is the light can shine more. And he tells us how that can happen. Uh, There are two things, really. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Maybe that was a problem in the church in Philippi. Maybe there were people who were always finding reasons to be unhappy. But Jesus never said, blessed are those who moan. (laughs) If you want to know what he said, then have a look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. No, Jesus never said, blessed are those who moan. Of course, we're going to find things in our family or in our work or in our church, which we're not happy with. I have there, there are things like that that I'm not happy about. The question is, am I going to be a complainer? And am I going to be a moaner? And am I going to be a grumbler? Am I going to be an arguer? Well, Paul says, don't be like that. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't talk about things that we're not unha- that we're not happy with, and we'll discuss them. Maybe we will. That's fine. But the basic tenor of my life, the way I live my life, I shouldn't be a grumbler or a complainer. And the other thing about me, apart from not complaining, I should be wanting to be pure. 
Have a look at the beginning of verse 15. So that you may become blameless and pure. That should be what my ambition is. It doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly be perfect. I won't be perfect until I'm in glory and see Jesus face to face and then I'll be like him. No, no, but it's about wanting to be like Jesus. It's about wanting the light of Jesus to shine through my life. Now, if I am deciding not to complain, but to want to be pure, then I'm going to be a better light shiner. And the Apostle Paul says Christians are light shiners. But let's keep shining and let's be praying that our light will shine brighter. It happens again and again, you know, that people who come to faith in Jesus say the thing that got me open to thinking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, was meeting Christians and seeing that there was something different about them. What they're talking about is the light shining. And often we, we believe that about other Christians, but we don't believe it's happening in ourselves and that the light is shining through us. Well, it is and he is. So let's be praying that as we interact with neighbours, with friends, with family, with work colleagues, with people we study with, let's be praying that the light will shine through us. We are light shiners. That's the first thing. I think it's very exciting. Secondly, uh, in verse uh, 16, we are message sharers. Um, have a look at the end of 15 and the beginning of 16. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. The word of life is the gospel. The word of life is the message that brings life because, of course, the gospel does bring life. It brings life to people who are spiritually dead. But it also, once we've become Christians, it keeps giving us life, doesn't it? The gospel, the good news about Jesus, his cross and his resurrection, it keeps giving us life. It invigorates us. Well, we're to hold firmly to the word of life. Actually, the expression that Paul uses here means two things. It means hold firmly and it also means hold out. It's not just about holding it for ourselves. It's about holding it out offering it to others. And so I think Paul means both of those things here, but I think especially in the context of this letter, he's talking about holding out the gospel, holding out the message. We are message sharers, because actually that's a big theme in this letter. Just a couple of references. Look back at chapter one, verse five. Paul thanks God uh, for the church in Philippi. And he says, it's because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. In other words, from the day they'd become Christians, after hearing Paul preach the good news of Jesus, they had wanted to share it. They were message sharers. They were his partners in the gospel. Or look at chapter 1, verse 27, the end of verse 27. Paul says he would love them to be striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. That's about holding it out. That's about sharing it. Well, that's what we're to be doing. We're to be message sharers. We have a fantastic message and we need to share it. Now, this is not about us preaching, preaching sermons to people. It's about saying a word. It's about mentioning Jesus. It's about mentioning that I'm part of church. 
It's about saying my faith in God is important to me. Looking for opportunities where we can just drop that into the conversation. Some people will ignore what we say. Other people will be intrigued and want to know more. It may be asking someone if they'd like to come to Alpha with you. Explain what Alpha is, what the Alpha course is. Ask them if they'd like to give it a try for a week and see what they think. Or it may be someday, it may be offering someone a Luke's gospel and saying, would you like that? We are message sharers, holding out the word of life, the, the message that gives life to people. Oh, this is great stuff. I think this is wonderful. This is how we can respond to Jesus, to what Jesus has done for us in his death and resurrection. Uh, we are light shiners. We are message sharers. And thirdly, in verses 16 to 18, we are joy bringers. Have a look at uh, the second half of verse 16. Paul says, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. What he's talking about is the day of judgment. The day of Christ is the day of judgment. And Paul says, I'm going to meet Jesus. And when I think about you, you Christians in Philippi, because you have been light shiners and message sharers, I'm going to be able to boast about you. I'm going to be proud of you. I'm going to be proud of what Jesus has done in your lives. He's going to have joy. I mean, that's really what he's talking about. Have a look at verse 17. He's thinking about the fact that he may die soon. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. He's rejoicing. He has joy. He's rejoicing in what God has done in the Philippians and what he's doing through the Philippians. They are light shiners and they are message sharers and he has joy. And Paul says you should be joyful too, verse 18. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Do you know it's always true? When we see how people have come to faith in Jesus or how people are growing in Jesus and following Jesus with passion, it gives us joy, doesn't it? Um, when I'd been a Christian, I became a Christian in 1966. When I'd been a Christian for 40 years, I think it was, I somehow managed to track down the address of the guy who'd been the speaker at the boys summer camp that I'd become a Christian at. And I wrote to him and I said, you won't remember me, but I, I'm me, I'm Andrew. And I became a Christian as a 14 year old in 1966. And I'm still going on and it's astonishing. God is very kind and thank you. And I got a letter from him and it won't surprise you, it was full of joy. <laughs> Because he was he was thrilled at what God had done in my life and that God was still looking after me. At last week, I met up with a couple that I was at university with in the early 1970s. They weren't Christians when they came to university. But during their first term, they became Christians. They became trusters in Jesus. I don't think I had a big part to play in that. But just meeting up with them last week, it was so exciting. Because I can see they are trusters in Jesus. They're still going on. They are both light shiners and message sharers. And they brought me joy. And you know, that's always true. This doesn't have to be about 
uh, how you were converted. But it's true, isn't it? If you see other Christians going on, being passionate about following Jesus, doesn't that give you joy? It does me. Um, and, and when other people see that you are going on with Jesus and following him with passion and working out what God has worked in, verse 12, then that gives them joy. We are joy bringers because <laughs> it's just staggering. It's a supernatural event that God has worked in us and he's still working now. I'm going to read it out now. Verse chapter one, verse six. It's so great. This verse, Paul says he's confident of this, that he who began a good work in you uh, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And when you see that happening in other people's lives, and when other people see it happening in your life, there is joy. There always is joy. Ah, oh, isn't this a great passage? Christians, we are light shiners. We are message sharers. We are joy bringers. And we are to be working out what God has worked in us. Verse 12. Now, if that all sounds like hard work, and it is, it, it means we've got to do something. We can't just sit back and relax. We need to actively be involved. Uh, but look at verse 13 again. Verse 13, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is at work in us. God will give us the energy. There's a little girl and she wants to be able to write her name, but she can't. She's too small. So her mum says, hold the pencil, hold it over the paper. And then her mother puts her hand over her daughter's hand and the name gets written. Now, who has written the name, the daughter or the mother? The answer is yes. That's exactly what's happening here in verses 12 and 13. We are being called to work out what God has worked in and the Holy Spirit is there giving us the energy, working in us, working through us. And that will help us to keep following Jesus, to be light shiners, to be message uh, sharers and to be joy bringers. Oh, I wish that for me and for you in the coming days. I don't know when you're watching this, but I wish it for you that in the coming days you will remember those three things and let the spirit work in you and through you to help you to live like this. Because that way, all of us will experience joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what Jesus has done for us in his cross and in his resurrection. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you that we are your friends now and forever. We worship you. And Father, we pray that you take our lives and by your spirit living inside us, you'd work in us to will and to act according to your good purpose. Father, take our lives and make them count for you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
We're going to sing a song again, whether you sing it aloud or not, that doesn't matter. But please be singing it in your heart. I've chosen this song because I think the writer of this song was thinking of Philippians 2 verses 15 and 16 when they wrote it. Uh, it's a song which has in the middle of it um, the idea that we are holding out God's word to this generation. We are being message sharers. So let's sing, God gave us his son. Tell them. 
we are holding out God's word to this generation. We are light shiners. We are message uh, sharers. We are joy bringers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.